And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Podcast. And we're live. So, Brian, how are you? How was your morning? Yeah, it was good, yeah. Just finished uh, an hour's Pilates and an hour's boxing. What's that? Good fun. You're doing that in the last couple of weeks. Anybody who doesn't know, Brandon does a Pilates class on a Wednesday morning, 6 a.m. and a boxing class, 7 a.m. Open to members and non-members. If anybody is interested, feel free to send us a message. We can get you sorted with that. Get you sorted with a wee spot. Start your day in the right way. Pilates, um, 6 a.m. Boxing, 7 a.m. All right, so an early start. Early bird gets the worm, though. You are the king of the early birds, Brandon. I was actually in a ha- at 5 o'clock this morning working out. Didn't work out. See? See? When you got kids. Um, when you got kids, well, this is it. Like, I mean, I just like, I just like, and I, I spoke to loads of people who are the same. It's like you get up and start the day early, and then you come home and nobody missed you, which is great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And again, so we're going live with this wee video. So if anybody is watching, feel free to drop a wee comment. I'll see if I can. If I see the comments come up, I will uh, ask Brandon the question. The purpose of today's content is we're going to do a little interview with Brandon on his journey to become uh, in becoming a coach, the great coach that he is. Um, anybody has worked with Brandon as a coach, maybe you want to drop a wee question below or maybe give him some feedback on how his coaching has helped you on your fitness journey. Um, so that said, Brandon, I'll start off. I've got a few wee questions here. What is a coach and what does it mean to you to be a coach? What is a coach? That's a good question. Um, a coach, a coach is a guide. A coach is somebody who kind of knows the terrain and has thought enough or studied a little bit about it to think enough from a learner's perspective and just kind of guide people and understand what it takes to communicate the process to somebody to bring them on as quickly as possible, as safely as possible. So obviously, you know, you're trying to cut out all the mistakes that they would make that they're doing on their own or that they would have made if they had it done on their own. So you're really just looking to speed up the process for people and get people the result that they want and also help them enjoy it and also try and help fit it in with who they are as a person, as an individual. So it is, it's a very individual experience. And then obviously it's tailored from person to person and coaches styles can change from person to person because not everybody needs the same style of coaching. Like some people need a hard ass and some people need an arm around the shoulder and some people need different approaches at different seasons of their lives yeah that's cool that's cool and then was there anybody that inspired you to become a coach probably Eamon and Jim and Hugh and yourself I mean my coaches growing up definitely really helped like 100% like those were some of the biggest influential figures in my life like I know especially Jim Q and Eamon like obviously you didn't come in until I was already maybe 18 because you were a young lad yourself but like I mean those men in the early days like I still remember to this day doing a boxing session with Eamon and him teaching me about triple extension like pushing off the foot like I still remember that that day I remember a session doing with Jim and him teaching me to turn off with the left hook I remember a cue I remember constantly on the pads with Q just getting absolutely battered with the pads either side of the guard and it's like these very 
personal and individual experience like these are core skills for me now and core memories and you know these people who you trust enough to kind of take you that way and become very very important people and I remember as well a conversation that I had with Hugh when it was around the time of my leaving sir um, he probably spurred me on to become a coach more than anybody else I remember he said like to be honest, like if like he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't really know. And he's like, well, do you like this exercise stuff? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, go find a way to get paid for that. Yeah. And that's that's what it was. I, so I think really the helping people came second, to be honest, because I was only 18 and I didn't really have any skills to help anybody, to be honest. So like I wasn't confident helping people. I wasn't confident coaching people. Um, I just, you know, I just wanted to stay in the industry. I just wanted to kind of keep exercising myself and, and, one thing that I noticed, like always in the boxing club, I was always kind of like, it always frustrated me when I'd see people not giving their best effort. And obviously my coaching back then wasn't nearly as good. And I probably rubbed people up the wrong way. But like, I remember like always just kind of having the the instinct to push people a little bit. Um, so, I mean, the combination of those two, like I definitely, like I, 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 I suppose an awful lot of us as well as like, I really, like I always pushed, especially when I was like 14, 15, 16 and I boxed and I got a couple of bad losses, I remember just kind of got a bit of a chip on my shoulder about it and I took it really personal and then anybody who wasn't taking it as personal as me, I'd be like, come on, like, let's go. Like, this is, this is the game we're in because one way or another, they were going to come up against a loss like that and either it did, either it didn't matter in which case, you know, you shouldn't be there because you're getting slammed against the wall or you're just bluffing and wasting your time, in which case, like, you know, go do other things was my my perspective yeah and that, that is like in that is kind of how we all start off trying to kind of push people and motivate people but then it kind of comes to the point where it's you know um people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and how to coach like that's really i think even from what you said about your experience with, with your coaches is that's how you have a long lasting impact on somebody's life when somebody knows that you actually genuinely care about them and it's not just um you know you're not just pushing them for the before and after photos like you genuinely want them to have have a have a have a true transformation and make long lasting change in their life. Something something really cool you just touched on there. You reminded me of there is like one thing that a coach can do is see potential in you. Like I I literally remember like nobody had belief in me. Like I didn't believe myself. Maybe Bar Jim or Q or Eamon. Like these people. Like and whether or not they kind of had belief in you personally or they just knew the process and they were like there's greater in you and I'm like like we're gonna push for greater. Like there's more there and. As a teenager, I didn't know that. Like, I thought all I was was all I was, and I thought that all I was at the time was pretty weak. And to have somebody push you and draw more and, like, force development out of you is, like, like that means an awful lot to people. Like, because, again, otherwise you wouldn't you wouldn't get it out of yourself and you, you feel, like, less than because you're not getting what is there out of you because you don't think it's there. Yeah, I think that's also very interesting, actually, as you said, like, is it the person or is it the process? And I kind of feel like a lot, like, it's both, obviously, but I feel like what's mostly for me nowadays is, like, the process. I just know if anybody goes through the fighting fit process, if they go through the program, you know, and they follow the steps and, you know, take the boxes along the way, pretty much anybody can have a really, really good transformation. Obviously, some people more than others, maybe, maybe some people just have more genetic potential to be fit or to be strong or to be yeah but everybody everybody that goes through the program has the potential to get incredible results because again the process and the person people kind of put it down to you know um, natural talent and all this kind of stuff but no if most people go through the process if you train anything for ten thousand hours like you're going to become you know pretty close to world class yeah i mean like i like 
I mean, people don't realize me. I was talking to Christmas. Like people don't. I'm not sure. Like obviously, like I don't think I'm anything super impressive. But I mean, like I got a brown band on that board, and out of everybody that I know, there's three of them. There's me, Chris, and Benny. And me and Chris went to a fitness competition there. And again, like the standard's not crazy, but me and Chris were by far the fittest there. And that's just a testament, like to how far we came. Because I remember being the weakest of the week. Like literally, like the weakest. Like I, like I couldn't do five, ten push-ups without feeling overwhelmed. And like I was thinking about this today. Like I was literally working on it today, and the thoughts just kept coming to my mind. Like, oh, like this journey is going to be impossible. Like I, like I thought it was impossible every step of the way. So to again put to put the title on somebody to kind of say it's oh, you had an Indian. It's like it was natural. It was or like again it was easy for you. It's like it's not. Like everybody it was difficult for. I was thinking of. Matt Fraser, I was watching one of his videos, the winner of the CrossFit Games, and his journey must have been incredible. And I'm sure he thought thousands of times, like literally the title now, fittest on earth. I'm sure he thought he was like the weakest of the week. Like I remember listening to him and he was saying like he was getting sick before the games and he was looking around and it was like, Oh, he looks super fit, like he looks super fit. Oh, like he looks like amazing. Like how how like how am I gonna beat this or how am I gonna outpush this guy? It's like everybody thinks like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely do agree with that. The kind of mental games, as you kind of said, just reminds me of boxing and stuff like that. Like you just always assume that everybody, everybody else is better. They have a, they have a you know better coach, better boxing club, better genetics, better experience, better everything. Yeah. Um. But again, it's not always the case. These are the stories that happen inside everybody's minds. Like we are, we are far more the same than we are different. Um. And once we kind of really understand that, um. It just really kind of levels the playing field. I feel like everybody, everybody's nervous. Everybody's scared. Nobody really knows what they're doing. Um, the only thing that gives you an advantage is did you do the work? Have you put in the time? You know, have you have you ran the roads, done the done the business? Yeah, um, that's, that's some of the greatest difference between me now and me back then is like now I know I've done the work. And again, yeah. I know I don't I don't like it's not like I know that I've done work in the last three months, which is what it was. It was kind of like oh, I hope that push in the last three months was enough. It's I know what I've done for the last four or five years. Like I I know I know every day that I didn't want to do it that I done it. I know every time that I failed, and all those failures at the time, though defeat, and now looking back is like, well, that's it. That, that was an extra step. That was an extra brick. That was an extra attempt. And so it's like you have all those. So when it comes down to the moment of breaking point where you start to get those questions in your head, it's like, well, now you've got some answers. It's like, well, oh, I'm weak. I'm this and that. It's like, well, you ran 600 miles to get here. You know, it's like, oh, you've done 2,000 push-ups to get here. You benched and squatted and done your mobility training it's like seven seven days out of the week or five days out of the week twice a day whatever it is it's like the more you have behind you the more belief you have in yourself going forward yeah and so at this point in your career now because you've been a coach now for a long time you're still pretty young but because we started pretty early like i was straight out of college training the coaching same, same with yourself um like what has been your biggest lesson um maybe you know lesson for yourself in terms of how to be a better coach but also kind of the biggest lesson like say the biggest the most common say mistake that people would make again and again that they could maybe overcome uh with a, with a simple simple tweak in their in their strategy or their thinking the biggest change that's happened to me in the last so i'm doing this now i think eight years so so in in the last eight years the biggest change for me has been pilates like the biggest thing that happened to me was getting injured and so getting injured, the biggest thing it taught me to do is slow down. Like I really, like I really had, did not have a humble enough mindset for the work that I had done. So I had trained, but not developed 
because I didn't know. Like I, I pushed myself as hard as because I said like from fifteen or sixteen, like I was pushing hard, but I wasn't doing the like I like for toxic. You know, when you're doing a push up, we just know that if we go slower, it's going to be harder. And so it's all that kind of slow, controlled work I knew I hadn't done. So I knew whether I knew it or not. I knew I hadn't got the flexibility. I knew I hadn't got the mobility. And that's all the slow work. It's the grindy, patient work. You want to rush through. You want to rush through. You want to do box jumps, do explosive work. And all that explosive work just kind of came to a halt because the foundation wasn't right. And so slowing down for me, like I remember coming away from two or three years of just going slow. And being the fittest I ever was, like maybe not the con- most conditioned I ever I ever was, but the fittest I ever was because I built the foundation for a change. Like I like went slow, did the Pilates, did the stretching, had the patient, set goals and milestones for weeks and months instead of kind of looking for days and hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And would put in the work anyway. And then if the result came sooner than expected, fine. And if it took longer, fine. But just having that patience and really just doing the slow and steady work changed me. And the injury rate in this gym has gone down, I would say, like fivefold. Like I remember, because I, I remember I remember having a, a, a point of frustration when people would get a back tweak or a shoulder injury or a wrist injury, and the best advice I could give them was kind of, well, let's just avoid it. And I remember kind of thinking, oh, fuck, or like somebody get injured and they have to go to a physio and they kind of have to leave us then. And I was like, well, I don't really feel like I'm serving you in that sense. I feel like I'm dragging these people through workouts and pushing them. And then when their body gives up, I just kind of have to say, well, I don't really, like, I don't really know what to do with you kind of thing. And the ability to kind of take everybody, like I remember, I literally remember so clearly finishing a book uh, or finishing a chapter in Supple Leopard about torque and about leg position and about spine position. And then going down and taking my first class and just looking around, I'm like, oh no, where do I start? Where do I start? And now when I, I go down to a class now, even with newbies, because these principles are just so ingrained in everybody now, it's like there's not nearly as much work to do. Whereas where when you're taking a group of people who have been moving a certain way, and now you have to basically halt the brakes and go, pretty much everything is needs adjusting they're not wrong because yeah. again you, you learn how to train safely in college but there is things that you just don't realize or you just didn't see before that now you see and now once you see them you can't unsee them and you have to start addressing them and they're not small problems they're problems that are going to take weeks and months and years to fix and you have to now convince people that what you're doing before is like we're going to have to step away we're literally going to have to regress before we progress again even though you're you're in the middle of it because now we can see a problem down the road that we couldn't see before and that only came from me blowing out my shoulder blowing out my knee blowing out, like i had to redline and be forced to stop before i stop and then i had to start convincing people to go okay well look there's a better way and a good cue for fitness generally is like it was always hard so people generally like once you kind of get them to slow down and then put them in a you know like a better but tougher position the nearly didn't mind because you're like oh well okay i'm like i'm I'm definitely feeling challenged. Um, but that initial kind of change in perspective to kind of say, well, faster is not better, heavier is not better. And yeah. your understanding of how you move your body is a lot more, um, like it's it's a lot more complicated than you think. There's a lot more moving pieces here than you think. So we're really going to have to be mentally aware and start taking this on, not just as like exercise. This isn't just like, you don't know everything. In fact, you're just like you're learning a new language and so we have to start learning that language and um, adopting new kind of movement principles like uh, 
taking your 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 spine into priority. And now your spine's priority number one, whereas you maybe never thought about your spine before and things like that. So, um, yeah, in short, uh, like Pilates and just kind of going slow and really learning to prioritize positions and focus on joints and muscles and learning how they fit in with the body as a system. Just like rocketed my results but also greatly transformed um, how I feel about exercise because now I'm not afraid to start slow so once you start slow everything's a lot more enjoyable because now you're not just redlining it and it's difficult because you think that the only way to get results is with a 90 to 100 percent effort and starting to understand that there's benefit at 60 and 70 and at 60 and 70 are sustainable forever and you can have seasons and weeks and days where you burst up to 80 and 90 percent but generally 70 and 80 percent is a like that's exactly where you want to be yeah but it's it's obviously a, a much harder sell because you know people feel like with exercise you know it has to be high intensity they have to be sweating have to burn a lot of calories have to be lifting heavy weights and some people people maybe just don't have the and again we're all guilty of this don't have the maybe the humility to slow down and say actually no i'm a beginner i've yeah. you know i mean i've been exercising my whole life but i've never really exercised consistently i've only exercised you know intermittently even in high intensity bursts and based on on the foundation that i've built I'm not fit for fifth gear. I need to spend a little bit of time in second and third gear here for a while before we kind of before we go sprinting. Um, well, if, like yeah. for talk's sake, let's let's say if we were to take a look at burpees, right? Uh, if we were to take a look at burpees and you're dealing with somebody and maybe they, they're not aware, but they're they're like they're burpeeing well, like their their pace is incredible. But you could see that their ankles just aren't firing properly. Their ankles are super stiff, and so what you is like, well, as a coach, I can make you way more efficient and effective with burpees. If we just slow down and develop your ankles, it's like, but short term, we're going to have to slow down. And it's like, oh, yeah. why would I do that when, well, like, what's what's wrong with my burpees at the minute? Well, nothing. It just could be better. And so it's not about, it's not about everything. Everybody's a terrible performer. It's about once we understand how complicated it is and once we start developing individual pieces, well, now you can be better. And it's it, that's what it's about. And, and um, your training can be, um, sustain long term so we're starting to get into longevity thinking and as soon as we start thinking generally bigger picture that's a better way to think about things and so again each piece of the puzzle like all your joints your fingers your digits your wrists your elbows your shoulders and then all the individual muscles all have a specific role all help play the support and to build your support is literally one of the best things that you can do but in order to do it you have to slow down yeah and would you say then like is that the is that the hardest part about being a coach to get trying to get people to slow down or do you feel like is, is no, there any, I, anything that's more challenging the hardest part about being a coach is it's trying to work it's trying to work with people who just don't want it like they need to want it for the result that they want like they want the result and every like everybody wants the result but Obviously, everybody's got limiting factors, but not everybody, not everybody has it in their top three priorities, and it needs to be. Yeah. And it, it just needs to be. And one of the hardest things for me is it's it's literally like watching people go round in circles and try and generally try your best to help them, and they don't make progress, and their head just not in it, and they walk out the door and forget about it is literally so infuriating because of how much investment like i like i always try and invest into everybody and when you give your all into something and get zero return 
that's so frustrating. And then when you don't have control over that, that's frustrating. Because like again, for me, it's like I've got complete control, or you know, you know, semi complete control, as much control as a person can have over themselves. Um, so then to remove, like, is like, okay, so everything I can do, I can do, and then everything I can do, but you, but you keep coming back to me for the process, and I keep pouring the process into you, and it, there's just a hole in the bottom of your cup because it's just like you're just not doing what you need to do in order to get the results is infinitely frustrating for both people, you know, because they like they they're showing up and doing the work, but the work like it's a, it's a, it's a system problem. They're like you can't just come into the gym and do the work and expect a result when your sleep's poor, your you know maybe your emotional state, maybe your mindset's just not where it needs to be. Again, maybe you've got trauma you need to deal with, maybe you've got financial issues you need to deal with. Um, and when somebody's obviously because again, look, that's all those stuff that I'm after mentioning is quite personal. So when somebody's not forthright with gender, they're not open, and but they're oh no, I want this, I want this, I want this, and you're pouring into them and pouring into them. And after a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you're kind of going, okay, well, we should see progress here. Oh, I'm doing everything, I'm doing everything. It's like, well, you're not, because as as we said, the process is the process, and so the work you have to do isn't here. The work you have to do is out there, and I'd love to help you. I will help you, but you have to help yourself and to get yourself into a mindset that you are willing to take on that, that personal development. Like Jim Rohn talks about all the time. It's like the journey of self-development is to learn to work harder on yourself than you do in your fitness. Like if you're not getting the results you want in fitness, you're probably not getting the results you want elsewhere. Or you're just, you're just a specialist. Like I said, if you're just focused on work and that's all you're focused on, if you're just focused on your family, you're just focused, like then that's well, fair enough. You're going to get great results in that one area. But it's like in order to get, like this is why I love fitness and this is why I kind of love this industry because because of that block. Because that block's there is like you are not progressing further until we start thinking of the system. Because like you will not lose weight if you're not disciplined, if you're not sleeping well. Because biologically, it is so easy to overeat. It's so easy to just let it all go. And so unless you are developing yourself and working on this craft day in, day out, you will get no results. And in order, and once you start seeing somebody start to move the meter and start to get results, you know it's like, oh, well, you're starting to get it now. You're starting to build that pattern, starting to build that lifestyle. And then, fair enough, yeah, you'll come away. We all do. It's like it's a seasonal thing. It's it's more of a growth thing. Like it, it, there's not a good diet and a bad diet. There's wherever your diet's at, and we can improve it, improve it, and improve it, improve it. But it is a slow, steady. But it's like once you see somebody start to make that that connection, and then they change one thing, and then they change another thing. It's really, really encouraging. But when you see somebody and they're literally just running into the same obstacle again and again, and they keep at, or even they don't ask for help, you just have to watch them. And again, as a coach, I care. Like I just, it's hard not to care, especially in this, um, in this gym, in, the, in our culture, because we know everybody, because we make a point to know everybody. And so when you know somebody, and like for toxic, it's like it's really double affirming when you see somebody new coming in and they lose a stone in a month, and you and like, because you for, as a coach can sometimes forget, like when they walk in, it's like, oh, you look different. Oh, you've been doing the process. Oh, right. Yes. That's what it looks like. But yeah, no, you could look at somebody who's in the same spot for two years. And and, and again, they're being as genuine as the camera. like, oh, I'm doing it. And it's like, you're not though. Yeah. These results are actually, these results are actually a lot quicker and a lot more, um, a lot more um, noticeable when you're doing it a hundred percent. I know you don't have to do hundred percent. You can do a 10%, 20%, but we notice a change and it's very, 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 very frustrating for me 
to, to want to help somebody when they want it. Like, because for me, a big issue these days is obesity. And, and the reason it's an issue for me is like, I don't struggle with it personally, but I've been in the room with people who are literally distraught about it. And months later are still in the same boat. And that's hard. It is hard to talk to somebody who's genuinely upset about something. The power is only in their hands. You're helping them as much as you can. And then they're still there in six months and still as frustrated. And you know that they, that there's better for them. That's hard. Yeah, it's hard to watch people suffer, um, particularly when it's when it's you know self-inflicted suffering. Um, but but I think as as what you said, like it really does come down to, and that's kind of something I kind of ha- had a realization with, like with our program again, like and again we go above and beyond relative to other programs, relative like basic gym membership, that kind of stuff. Like our program is far more in depth, far more personalized. Uh, far more coaching, far more one-on-one. But at the same time, there's a certain level where it comes to where like, just my realization, because I'm obviously, you know, working on myself and on my own journey of of personal growth. And I struggle, I struggle with a lot of these issues as well. Cause like I started this whole business because again, I am the worst client. You know, I like I need fighting fit. I need these group, I need the support, I need the coaching, I need the structure. These are things I need to be successful. Um, but then you just come to the point where you realize like like it is trauma, it is it is these deep rooted issues. Like if people have been trying to lose the weight for 10 years, for five years, for 10 years, and you keep letting yourself down and you keep self-sabotaging. It's like, it's like, like you, you need therapy or you, we need to go a little bit deeper. We need to, we need to look at time management. We need to look at your priorities. We need to, we need to peel down back. We need to work more closely together. We need to go deeper um, because obviously what we're doing is not enough. And this is, you know, uh, a little plug. Like this is kind of why I'm kind of want to get into things like the reset retreat to kind of have that opportunity in that space to go deeper with people and kind of ask them, what is your goal? But why do you want to achieve it and have a deep, meaningful conversation about it and to create the plan and plan the week and ask you about your obstacles and, and the different things that are holding you back from achieving that and like create this plan that you believe in so you can get invested and hopefully finally get the result that you want because you know usually it's not fitness like it's not like people we all know in theory what we're supposed to be doing when it comes to exercise and nutrition like it's not that complex in theory like you know that inner voice tells us is this a healthy meal or is this a non-healthy meal is the portion too big is the portion too small did i exercise as hard as i could have exercised again we have this internal voice that tells us the truth all the time and we prefer to block it out and we call it bad mental health when it's really it's just like that's that's your conscience telling you that you're 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 moving from the path of being being the best version of yourself but like there, as you said like there is a better way and it is hard to watch people do it. and it's hard to watch ourselves do because again we've all been through with different different things but again it's not it's not the fitness it's not the nutrition that holds people back it's the other stuff it's managing their emotions it's their time management it's you know it's it's their like there's no vision there's no mission there's no purpose nothing that kind of really energizes them um, you know, on, on these journeys, because again, because it's it is hard. It's always going to be hard. You know, like life is hard. If me and Jen were talking about it last night about you know whatever challenges we're facing at the minute, it's just like it's just the same Jen. Like this is it. Like it's always going to be hard. Like there's always going to be problems. We just have to get good at you know rolling with the punches and just keep moving forward. Like there's never going to be a point in our life where it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Like it's all there's always going to be a challenge when you overcome one obstacle, another obstacle is going to come up. But these are the opportunities that life presents us to grow. And it's like like what and you know, that's the only mindset that I can think of that's going to help us get through it. Like, we just got to keep, just keep moving forward and, you know, roll with the punches. So a nice way to think of it, you just spurred an idea in my head. Imagine, like, have you ever, we've done Helen back. So anybody, if you've never done Helen back, like if I done Helen back and I didn't have, like if, if I was just going to work and all of a sudden I got 
pulled onto a course like I said like like through emergency like for talk's sake there was a bomb and I literally had to run through hell and back it would be awful and just a sudden shift of of casual to intensity would be like it would be sh- shocking whereas when you're doing hell and back after a while like jumping into the ice bath seems normal jumping into the river seems normal and so it's like that's kind of where you're at whereas think of the culture shock between lying on a a, a dinghy or a, a wee a wee pool floaty in the middle of a river asleep reading a book like literally just not ex- and somebody just flips it it's like the shock is way worse than jumping into the river and hell and back when you're braced and you have the momentum of all this kind of challenge you're in you're in the the mind this is what we're doing and so if people have an easy life and then all of a sudden they get flipped the spaz out response is going to be much higher than somebody who is prepared and engaging with it really really readily and so if you're looking for an easy life fine enjoy the pocket of easy but there is a hundred percent coming in life and when it happens if you're sitting and your mindset is adjusted to chilling it's like, well, enjoy the shock because it is gonna, it's gonna hit you very, very hard because your nervous system is not ready for it. And that's something I noticed. Remember, we talked about the last podcast. I had one cold shower since our last podcast. Nope. That's, a, that's a victory. And so I had one cold shower, and that's I like. I just I really struggle with it. Like again, I'm talking about it, and again, your mess becomes your message. Like like I'm I'm Mister Ultimate struggles with his mindset. I'm Mister Ultimate doesn't want to work out like again that's one of the reasons why i'm i'm doing this kind of stuff is just because i know i need to be challenged in it but like the ability to just crank that thing to zero it's like in my mind like i have a comfort mentality like i just i seek comfort i love comfort i think we all do and so you know to 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 shock yourself and and force it cold it's very very difficult but very beneficial because you want to be in that mindset where you can do it and something i think about all the time is like i always think about like like I always think about David Goggins. <laughs> and, and so, like, his whole thing is, like, he wants to be the hardest man on the planet. And, like, I say it to myself all the time, like, yeah, I want to be the hardest man on the planet. I was like, you can't even handle a cold shower, to be honest with you. I was like, so you're no more of the heart. Like, my nervous system, like, my mind is willing. But when it actually comes down to the moment of the pain, it's like it's, it's different when, we, we, when, we, when it's all in here. But when it actually comes into reality, it's like, how you deal with it. And that's why the cold shower to me is like, is, is my challenge. It's like, you're not that tough if you can't even handle a shock to your nerves. Like, there's no damage. You're not mm-hmm. going to die. It's literally just sheer torture, manageable torture for torture's sake. The colder the water, the harder it is, the more men. And I was, like, I was freaking out under that water. Like, I was, <laughs> like, freaking out. And so, like, that's not tough. And that's what you want to work on. And yeah, so, no, yeah, because I, I, yeah, I've had, I've had an experience as well with cold showers like recently, and just had a realization. I was like, I've gotten so soft. I remember like back, like a few years back, when I was like proper training hard and boxing and that kind of stuff. Like, it was like, I kind of in my head, like, no, if you, like, if you want to be a champion, this is the price. Like, you have to be able to do these hard things and I just fuck get in, turn the fucking shower down, and you know, just breathe through it. Now I'm like, oh, oh I yeah, can't yeah. do it. Oh my god, it's so cold. This, um, this is one of this is one of the this is one of the drawbacks though to this um, this slow and steady mentality that I have. And so, you know, like I've got a slow and steady mentality, so it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't require intensity. But obviously, when when intensity is required, it also needs training. This is kind of what the level method's all about. It's like, what is your what is your weak area? And for me, it's like obviously the weak area for the longest time was slowing down, and now 
I've become excellent slowing down now. The, the challenge really is intensity again. And so, again, it's about, like, obviously, you need both. I'm not telling anybody, you know, just go slow the rest of your life. Obviously, intensity is necessary, but it's a cold shower, guys. Challenge yourself. Like, if you if you think you're struggling mentally, if you can take your place to this, if you can take yourself to the place where you can force yourself to have a cold shower or a cold bath, it's risk-free, but it's, it'll show, again, it'll just show you who you are. Start thinking about it. Just start thinking about it. That's all I challenge anybody. That's what kind of the stage I'm at. I don't challenge anybody to do something I'm not doing myself. I had one cold shower in the space of a week, and, again, it was it was only that conversation that got me to get into the cold shower because I didn't want to be an absolute fraud showing up to the podcast. Uh, but, like, the mental battle for that, it just lets, it lets you know who you are. But also, and the, the most interesting thing about it, I think, is like, how good do you feel after the cold shower? You feel incredible. Similar like exercise. Exercise feels tough at the time, but you feel incredible after the cold shower. Like, there's nothing like if you need to wake yourself up and feel feel alive, feel alert, you know, and like, feel like, you know, your, your brain is firing. Like, get, like, when you come in that cold shower, like, you are elated for many, many hours. Um, and again, there's there's good research that shows like cold showers are a great way to treat, treat depression. Um, you know, so. Like there's something there's something to suffering. There's something to, as you mentioned earlier, like the comfort zone. Like the comfort zone really is a killer. Like people who spend their whole life in their comfort zone are some of the most dissatisfied people that you will ever meet because they, they haven't challenged themselves. They're not on the path to becoming the best version of themselves. And I was listening to a couple of videos yesterday. I think it was like it was it was it was actually Maslow and Young and a couple of these guys. I was basically like, you know, that is like the life's purpose, like the path of self-actualization. That's what all the happiest people in the world have in common. They're on this path to becoming the best version of themselves and they're working towards some sort of mission, some sort of greater goal. Like that seems to be the secret. And the people that are just stuck in the nine to five day to day, you know, they seem to be the most, the most, the most dissatisfied, unhappy people that there is. And I feel like we overcomplicate kind of pretty mental health and stuff like that nowadays. It's like people that feel like they're, they're struggling with mental health, but it's like literally like you're like a caged dog in the back garden that never gets for a walk. Like, what do you expect? Like, you, of course, you're anxious and jittery. You literally like you're, you're like, you're, you're like walking around in circles. Like, you know, like you get out of bed, you work at home, in your home office, you go into the kitchen. Like, you know, you've got, you get 2,000 steps a day. Like, what would you say if there was a dog out the back that literally never got out, never got out for a walk, never got played, but never got petted? You know, it, this stuff is, is, is much more simple. Like, me and Jen, were we talking about the things she since she was like last thing she's like we we're kind of working through a few things or something like well what's you know how could we be better and i was like oh i'm just really tired i see like i feel like i'm just really tired all the time we're like well why could that be it's like we're not just going to accept it like oh i'm just i'm just tired and create this kind of limiting belief around ourselves like why why is that what are we doing differently this last couple weeks we had a look at our phones i was like fuck i'm actually spending a lot of time on my phone this little while so maybe because i'm on this this scroll and social media because again obviously it's part of our work we got email we got fucking facebook groups you got you know like 10 different social medias to kind of to to, to to be looking at notifications coming in 24 7 but it was like okay that was the problem so then what we do we talk action and now i've got this new thing for example it's called minimalist basically turns my phone this my phone is just black now it's like it's almost like turning my smartphone into a dumb phone so like trying to kind of be self-aware and ask like what what are the actual things that keep coming up why why is that it's like don't like have a limited reason just say oh i'm just depressed or i'm just a negative thinker or i'm just fat or i'm just lazy or it's like well why are these things maybe your environment isn't set up in a way that supports your goals maybe you're not around the right people maybe you don't have the right plan the right structure you know maybe, I just... maybe you haven't done the reps that's the big one for me like i was talking to somebody yesterday and they were they were telling me they were dyslexic and i said all right okay and so i did exactly what i do for pt physically it's like right let's take out a sheet read this for me and they're like oh and they read a little bit and it was fine it was a couple of words i didn't know i was like well so far and again i'm like i don't i don't, I don't know anything about it and sometimes i feel like that's where the power is it's like, i'm not putting you in a box we're just judging you for where you're at 
And so it's like, right, so there are a couple of words, read it again, read it again, no problems at all. And so, right, so, so far the only issue is your lack of grammar. So you don't have a good kind of concept on, you know, wide amount of words. And maybe like, I don't have a head for numbers. Maybe I don't, I don't have a head for numbers. You don't have a head for words or numbers, you know, fair, and fair enough. It's like, it's, it's definitely a disadvantage, definitely not great, but that's not to say you can't learn it. And as soon as you take on that belief of like, I'm dyslexic, Fair enough. One thing to take it on. It's another thing to take it on and then let it go. Well, now that means I can't learn. I can't learn to read. It's like I'm sure there's an example out there of a dyslexic person reading at an incredible level because they've just they've dedicated themselves to it. And that's kind of one thing that, that coaching people has really taught me is that people are capable of incredible growth and incredible change. Like I remember sitting down when you challenged me to you know start reading the book every day um, an hour after work every single day and i remember literally sitting there and like my i think i talked about this in the podcast before like my foot tapping and just like trying to read the book and just like it my mind just going a million miles an hour and just not having the patience for it because i was dedicated and because i committed to it like i just read through it and eventually like i, I started to love reading and so it's like well, what, what was happening there was like, it was just, you just didn't, you just didn't, you never practiced reading and people just, oh, no, I can read, I read in school. It's like, no, when, when did you personally read? When did you start reading and start enjoying the book and actually try and digest the book? And again, go slow, have the patience. It's like, you can't, you can't read a book. You can't read a page in, in a minute, no matter how, how bad you want. Unless again, you're a speed, you're a speed reader. But it's like, you can't just skip. The, the whole idea is to, Go through sentence by sentence and go on this journey. And if you want it here and now, you want the pay the book done yesterday. It's like, well, you're not going to get through the book that way. You're certainly not going to enjoy it. It's like sit down and spend the time. And so, so many people the same with meditation and anxiety and depression is like you. Ha- and again, obviously, look, depression comes in all different shapes and sizes. But like, if we're literally just talking about this this apathy for life, you just don't care. You just can't motivate yourself. It's like, it's like what are what reps are you putting in? Tell me after you've done a month of fitness, a month of meditating, a month of going uh, going to sleep on time. And then the big thing is like, what is the conversation in your head? It's like, like for toxic, it's something with me and you that we just do all the time. Like we rely on quotations. Like if, 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 if there's a problem, well, there's a quote for it. It's like, we don't necessarily, like, I don't, I don't really care what my knee jerk reaction is because I know that there's a better principle out there. And so after a while that becomes automatic. And it's just this, this forceful, positive thinking because the alternative and again like i'm not sure if you remember me as you know for like 10 11 12 13 14 15 like i was the worriest wart in the world like i just wasn't a positive person everyone was just around and around and around and around and around because that's all i knew and so if i just had to continue that i i would be depressed today i hundred percent would be because how could you not be mulling around negative ideas in your head yeah, because I remember when I was a kid as well, like even like into young adults, I was like so fearful and anxious about a lot of things. And I literally like through a process of personal development, like reprogrammed my, my subconscious mind, like, you know, by listening to the same things over over listening to people like Jim Rohn, Les Brown, you know, all these people. And again, just drilling these positive, positive statements in my mind. Like when I was running, I'd run and I just listened to the same motivational tapes over and over again. And that was probably the most impactful thing that I've ever done in my entire life was just listen to motivational tapes. Cause again, like, and I was listening to stuff. There's a, a great, a great YouTube channel. I think it's called James, James Rodriguez. I'm pretty sure it's called, but he done a, a, a he, he reviews like these personal development books. And there's one there like how to reprogram your subconscious mind or what to, what to say when you're, when you talk to yourself. And it's like, 
people just don't know. Like people just don't know. Like you know what I mean. And again, in the you know in the age of information, ignorance is a choice. It's like if you feel like there's the same problems come coming up again and again and again, we're much more similar than we are different. If it worked for me, it'll probably work for you. You know, but it's like we need to. The mind is like a garden. We gotta plant positive seeds in there because the weeds just grow naturally. Like when it comes to mindset, like that's that's it. Like that explains pretty much everything. It's like you're not planting any positive seeds in there. All that you have is negativity. You're completely reactive to your environment. Your environment dictates your phone and your family and your friends and your work. They dictate the things that are going into into your mental factory. And then it's like. Like, what are you doing? Like, what books have you read? What tapes have you watched? Like, what are you putting in there? Uh, yeah, how, how do you know where to draw a line then for, for these things? Who's teaching you how to draw lines and who's teaching you? It's like, for talk's sake, like, just right after saying that, like, when, like, all these negative factors are coming into you, how do you know not to take them all on? Who's ever told you? Because what research have you done to learn otherwise? And that's what personal development is all about. And again, if you're listening to this podcast, this would be step one to, again, Stephen's after naming some people there. Again, on multiple other podcasts, we actually, you know, have a book club, you know, of podcasts. Like we recommend books all the time. So, So that's where you start. So start listening to new information so that way you can have the information to go, that's a good decision. That's a bad decision. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the most dangerous things people do. Like we... Like in the in that book, the the four agreements, like you know this kind of thing, like word, like words are magic, words are spells, and like you cast spells. If I say, "Hey, Brian, you're a great lad," I just cast a spell. And you're like, "Oh, I feel great." Now, if I say, "Brandon, you're you're a dick," I don't really like you. You're you're not a good person. So I was like, "Oh, that can completely change your state." Like you can cast like words are spells, like words are magic in that in that sense. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's like we got to start challenging our own beliefs. Like just that that voice in your mind is not your highest self all the time. Like you're in like literally like that's the the voice can really drag you down. Yeah, you, really, you, really, you really did hit a hit a high note for me there when you said though about the the, the motivations because now that I think about it, like fair enough. When I did my Pilates and all that kind of stuff, I didn't have I didn't have David Goggins yet. He wasn't about. But I remember doing uh, the Headspace app, and generally that was that was what what got me centered and got me sitting down to do the work. Was that like I wasn't my own Headspace? It was the guy talking on the Headspace app, and fair, he, he was class and his coaching. Yeah for for meditation is brilliant and then for my fitness for the running that i did i got my my half marathon distance which is one thing and then i got the half marathon time down to another hour and a half and david goggins was literally in my ear all the time and then over lockdown like every work i'd get up i'd get up i literally remember it so clearly that droning negative thought go back to bed oh you need a nap oh you're not going to be fit for this later you're going to be wrecked now come 12 o'clock that conversation and I remember just in the car David Goggins on and that was like that's that was how I program program myself and that was how I got into the mindset and this morning like I remember when I was a teenager and I'm not sure you know how many people are looking for music recommendations for getting pumped up but like literally Eminem 50 cent like when I went to the box like and I, I only realized it this morning it's like like that music that gangster rap music like literally it just puts you in that headspace of like i'm ready to attack everything like if you listen to the words and fair enough some very vulgar and violent but i mean to push yourself and get energized and push to that point it's like that's what gets me going i know chris loves house music but again it's that doosh, 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 doosh. but whatever it is that gets you into that headspace and gets you revved up and ready to go is super important yeah, these are all tools tools that we can use to change our state you know and that's kind of what it is like people like people like, again people the reason people love to start to do exit it completely changes your state for the rest of the day things that get you to breathe deeply things that get the blood circulating around your body like it's very simple when you think about it. obviously that's going to help and so many people are going through their life and don't have access to well they do have access to these tools they don't utilize these tools that are again freely available for, for everybody um 
but yeah, because I know you've got a PT now in, in, in 10 minutes. Um, I'm going to finish with one more question here. And it is going to be, if you were the president, what one change would you make to help people be healthier and happier? Like, what do you feel like from a, say, maybe from an institution perspective? Like, what could we, what could we do as a society, as a community to really kind of help people uh, be a better version of themselves? Put me, in the, put me in the spot. What would I change? What would I change? Um, like, do you feel like even like, you know, growing up in school, do we learn the right things in school? Is it a culture shift that we need? Is it a standard shift? Is it a resources problem? Like, how can we how can we help people be the best versus ourselves? Because obviously, listen, like when you look at the numbers, like the obesity rate is going up, the depression rate's going up. We're heading in the wrong direction. What we're doing right now isn't working, despite the fact that there's more gyms available than ever before. We've got more access to nutritious food than ever before. There's more information available online than ever before. Like what, what, what is it? What is, what is stopping people? So first, first thing I would do is I would get rid of chairs in schools and in, in the office. Um, not, not like mandatory. You can't sit on chairs, but that would not be the culture. The culture should be to sit on the floor, um, sit on the floor and squat and stand and, Make like make sure because again the biggest issue for everybody in this day and age that I deal with physically is posture, and it just comes. There's there's Kelly Starrett is it Kelly Starrett and Ben Patrick have a podcast and they talk about this exact thing and those two guys are pretty well tuned on it. Obviously, you're talking about America and all that kind of stuff, but we're not too far off. And they go in depth. So if you're really looking for an answer to that question, I think that those guys have a great question to end. They suggest that again start. It's like there's nothing we can do about this generation. That's that's gone. But the next generation, we have to start in the schools. So one thing that we got to do is we got to fix, you know, their physicality. And so obviously, I was dealing with a team of football um, footballers who were like eight and ten years old and just doing general tests. And mobility was already terrible, but the the turnover was a lot quicker because it's not like the bad shape isn't as well ingrained like an 80 year old person or 60 year old person is going to have a, a lot more wound and bound um joints and muscles than the kids like the kids were improving week to week so like and they were eight and ten so it's, it's still not too late for these kids um, but we have to figure we have to fix how people move so that way moving moving physically isn't as painful and as difficult so if from a young age everybody's squatting down you know just playing with toys every sitting cross-legged their hips are open their posture is good you know maybe starting every day with a little yoga session but starting with these kind of like i obviously look we used to do prayers in the morning you know when when religion was maybe a little bit bigger in, in the culture and so maybe now we could switch that to being a little bit more mindful and so starting the day with meditation practice and taking in like cook, cookery classes like into into primary school like cooking is a skill that everybody should know how to do and so wherever but like if you want to grow your own vegetables fair enough it's like that's a i think a bigger culture shift but it's like you know learning how to cook for yourself like home economics should be done from a grassroots level pe should be two to three hours a day and it should be maybe morning and evening and not playground that's outside of the break where kids get to just do what they want but physically training your body is like this is your meat suit like this is what everything is running around on and if it's in poor condition so the fuel and understanding how to cook is like chips and chicken nuggets and pizza is potatoes burgers it's like that's people's knowledge of food that's it mm. that's it like what more do you have what's for dinner yeah it's pizza curry i don't know and that's kind of that's the conversation that i have with people when we're sending out meal plans like oh what, what do you eat oh 
I don't know, you put me on the spot. It's like, yeah, it's tough. You know, you have never even thought about it. You just pick off the menu and it's chips and chicken nuggets and sausages. And it's just emotion based. You're eating based off how you're feeling on the day. Like there's no real plan or strategy. It's just yeah. oh, what I fancy today. And again, we all get stuck in them cycles. I feel like we a lot of people got stuck in that cycle over the last couple of years. It was kind of the takeaway culture and that kind of stuff. They kind of maybe fell away. Some people, like some people tried. So like, you know, it's not fair to say everybody, but a lot of people have struggled. And they're to be fair, we're biased because they're the ones that I am talking on the phone. The people have gained a couple of stone, myself, you know, myself and two included. I think we all we all struggled. There was a lot of a lot of stress. It was it was unprecedented. But as you said, like life comes in seasons. I feel like you just gotta like you gotta just ask us okay what can i do today to move forward like yeah. stop beating yourself up just move forward take the action do the things uh, i would 100 have mandatory physical exercise if kelly started he had an idea of like you know a mile walk every day so a mile walk like in school kids go for a mile walk every day as part of school but it, again another thing i would have like a mandatory movement class and so you have to educate teachers on again the stuff that i talked about but the pilates so that's now what teachers do Youths are teaching the youth why is is physical movement not important well because we're too focused on geography and again yeah fair enough it's important but how much geography do you remember how much history do you remember it's like so we should maybe specialize a little bit more on the human being and less on the the, the, the territory stuff and so again let's focus on physicality first we have to learn how to move and then you have to pick a sport you can change that sport and it maybe it'll change season oh we're doing basketball this week um you know girls you know having their cycle possibly on file with the school is like right and fair enough you don't have to on your time of the month work out fair enough we've got other alternatives for you you know maybe some social classes maybe some home economics whatever it is but a skill-based thing so we, we're focusing on skills and again, it's not this pressurized system of, you know, it's not even competition. It's individual performance and something like the level method. And so it's like, look, we're doing basketball this week. Uh, you know, we're going to try and shoot a basket. We'll start with the basket down really low and then we'll build and then we'll take a step back and we'll build and then we'll take a step back. And the same with shooting. All right, we'll start right in front of the goal. We'll walk back and there's levels. There's beginners, media, advanced. And so again, we're teaching people how to develop skills. And so it's not just, about football football is not what matters what matters is that you understand how to get good at football and you can take that as far as you want um you you can do the same with running you can do the same with basketball you can do the same with sewing you can do the same with cooking like just starting to teach skills and then obviously subject matter as well but it's like you know maths and english and then after that then it's like why can't we just spend secondary school doing your your like why do you need to learn no geography at six you don't you don't really you know, it's like that's, that's why with us, me and Jen, like we're kind of looking a lot into kind of Montessori types teaching, which kind of cultivates independence in the children. And it is like the, the days are completely um, child led because, again, the, the most productive thing you can do to a child is to let them follow the curiosity, let them spend the whole day learning about that thing that they're curious about on that day. Maybe one day they pick up a geography book, maybe another day it's all sports, maybe it's cleaning or cooking. Like, even Molly, they're like, I don't know, like your nana was around, around yesterday and she was in helping out doing the cleaning and that kind of stuff. Like, literally, had cloths up, brush, like, mad, mad to help. Like, kids, kids given right, like, the worst thing you do for a kid is tell them to sit down all day and, you know, um, listen to a teacher and that kind of stuff. Like, it's just not, we know, we know better. It's not the best path forward. This, this is what it is as well. It's like, this, this whole thing is like, I don't, I don't think that the system is, I just feel like, I feel like it, there, it's hard to change and it was good enough up till now. Like the human, like human beings are progressing. And if you look back a hundred years, we're, we're so much better on the education system. Everything's improving, but there is some big blind spots that we have now. And obviously those should be addressed and addressed soon. And I kind of feel like with the whole COVID thing, it was just a, a greater um, example of like, 
how long it takes to shift something that's obvious. And so it's like, right, once COVID became like obvious that it's like, right, it's not as big of a deal as we thought at the start. And fair enough, you know, people died. It was serious. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying once we realized it wasn't as serious, we acted as if we couldn't change for the longest time because to sh- and, and fair enough to shift the, the the momentum of an entire nation takes some time and so that's what we need to start doing and maybe that is what's what's already happening because you know obviously new school teachers i'm sure they'll tell you that movement's been prioritized and all this kind of stuff so i'm not sure if it's not i'm just saying you know there are obviously some recommendations you know obviously we need to learn how to cook and we need to learn how to move and we should be moving towards this kind of you know Kids, kids, like kids, know know what's best for them at some point, and obviously they need an awful lot of guidance because they're also absolute rascals. And kids have this duality to them where they're the literally little angels and also little demons. And so again, it's just about cultivating one side. But I feel like, like what you said is like when we sit them down in one place, like we're we're literally like inspiring that thing to just rebel. It's like oh, I don't want to sit yeah. here. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Or if you just kind of let them free reign and they're interested in something, they'll be good as gold. Yeah, and that's interesting. I know I, I do agree. Like fun, teaching teaching young kids fundamental life skills, but also more so movement skills. Because when you said that thing about kind of your initial point was posture is, is one of the biggest problems people have. But then what that also does is this was like I'm not sure people have heard about the studies about like you know the Superman position. Like when you stand up, you take up a lot of space. Like literally, like your testosterone increases like two three hundred percent. Like when I, if I stand this space, like put my hands on my hands on my hands on my hips and kind of stand up. I'm not gonna Superman pose. Like my testosterone is increasing. Not while I'm sitting there, I'm not sure if it's the same. But if I was to stand up, like that's like that will make a significant difference to your day. And especially in today, one of the biggest problems we have today, especially when people can't talk about motivation and different things, is like like a lot of men have low testosterone. You know, it's because again, because of lack of exercise, lack of muscle, you know, the maybe the contaminants in their environment and their nutrition, their lack of sleep, loads of different reasons. But again, this literally will increase your testosterone two hundred percent. So like getting people to stand, shoulders back, chest up, you know. Um, these small little things like or or um, seem simple, but they could have like significant, significant, significant impact over the long term. And even like obviously in, in, in Asia, where there seems to be less of a um, less, which everyone's everyone's getting fatter. Like you know, no matter where you no matter where you look, but at the same time, not at the same rate. And a lot of that is because of this you know the, the toilet situation, you know the the, the eating situation. They sit they sit on the floor and they eat in a lot of a lot of cultures. And then they also you know they go to the bathroom and as a hole in the ground, so they have to be able to maintain that deep squat position for for many many years. So that that is, that is pretty interesting. Um, and again, so sorry, guys, that, that leads in, that leads into later life. And so again, a lot of issues that the elderly are having could be solved, obviously, and have to be solved at a grassroots level. Yeah, yeah, and again, wondering like the flexibility test for the for the for the lev method we use like for the first like three four levels is like predominantly a primal squat because again if you can do a good primal squat it means you've got good thoracic extension good ankle mobility good knee mobility good good hip mobility and you know, you're 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 halfway there and you kind of start start moving on to the overhead position. Um, but guys, we, we'll wrap it up there. Um, on behalf of myself, Fighting Fed, and I'm sure all your coaches over the years, Brian, I want to thank you for your for your for your work, your your commitment to your job. You know, anybody who works to as far as i know when he has good things to say you're an amazing coach an amazing person you know thank you so much for that and you know dedicating yourself to to fighting fit and being a coach because the world is definitely a better a better place for it if anybody's watching this once maybe leave a little comment let brandon know if he's had an impact on them you know what your experience is like been working with him we'd love to hear about it um and if not guys we'll hopefully we'll see you again next week myself and brandon are a good routine now we're kind of meeting up at least once a week to kind of do these types of podcasts if you have any questions any queries any topics that you'd like to hear us cover we would love to hear from you um and hopefully we'll see we'll see you during the week. Cool. Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.